Welcome back to a new episode of Free Talk. This is Shani. Today we are putting light on some amazing women that have inspired us and a generation. We have a new episode of Free Talk every Wednesday. We are everywhere you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at freetalk.ca. Connect with us on Facebook at aya.shani.315. And you can email us at freetalk.ca at gmail.com. So I wanted to talk about Maya Angelou uh, today. Um, She's the American poet. Nobody cannot know her. I'm sorry. Uh, She's like cited poems for two presidents on their inaugurational day. There's nothing you can say about Maya that is, um, even if it was negative, even though she grew up as well, she grew up um, poor, um, desolate, and maybe didn't make the right decisions in most part of her life. But at least where she got to, it was phenomenal. It's it's like Catherine, she believed. Mm-hmm. You understand? She believed in a better life. She believed in a better exactly. everything, you know? Exactly. So Maya, she was an, basically an American poet, was a civil rights activist, obviously, back in the 50s and 60s, exactly. <laughs> especially with Martin Luther King. Um, and then she was just like, a, 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 um, not even just a poet, she was like a, a self-author. She like did a, so much autobiographies about her life, and then she never hid, like hid anything, you know? I can't count the amount of books that she's done. Like I, I was going through the list. I was like, okay, I'll just write some. <laughs> and so I'll just list some of them. Just, to, just mm-hmm. okay. to be like, you know, oh my god, really? She wrote seven autobiographies, three books of essays, several books on poetry. She's credited with a list of plays, movies, and TV shows throughout her whole life, eh? like different parts of her life. Mm-hmm. And then she has more than 50 honorary degrees from a whole bunch of honor, like universities yeah. in the United States, right? I like her because that's how I, that's how my life started. I started writing. I was just a writer. I used to write. I used to write um, in my diary. I used to write poems. I used to write stories. I used to just write, write, write. Instead of um, actually learning uh, as a teacher was trying mm. to learn me I was writing <laughs> I find that even through everything that she's been through she's done um I know where why the caged bird sings mm-hmm. that is about her childhood you know what I mean and that was like an open an open story about her life that mm-hmm. she never hid behind and I guess I'm just going to give you a little bit of background about Maya and how she got to be where she is. So when Maya was just 17, she had had her son. She graduated from high school, but she'd had her son Mm -hmm. and his name is Guy. And then she began working for the first African-American and first female streetcar conductor. Mm -hmm. And this is back in the 50s, right? And so like, it's like, what? Are you serious? I didn't even knew that. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just like something she she did to you know bring in the money. But she was mm. always in love with writing, um, acting, whatever it is, anything to do with art. She was involved mm. in, and that's when she became a member of like the the cast of um, Por- Porgy and Bess. Okay, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No, not. 
but it was like a little uh, production that went touring around um, United States in, in the uh, 50s. And she sang in it. Did you know she was a singer? I didn't know she was a singer. I, <laughs> I was like, what? Oh my gosh. So she sang in like in the move in the in the uh, theater. She sang mm -hmm. at Hawaiian nightclubs because she was always moving around, right? Mm -hmm. So she was um when and then when she decided to go back to New York and then like do something in New York and just start her career. Mm. she was actually invited to join the writers guild union which is like something mm -hmm. something good you, yeah. once you're asked especially back in the late 50s once you're asked to join as a black woman that means they love what you're doing you know mm -hmm. and so and especially back then like one of the um biggest uh writers black writers back then was james baldwin i don't know if you've ever heard it like he he was like one of the best screenwriters at like Per, sorry, not screen because they didn't have screen there. Well, they probably no, did, but writer? but he was more in theater. He did more theater writing and stuff like that. Okay. He was like, "Let's let's get you on board and let's mm. let's go with you," you know. And so it was during this time that she was, um, she had heard like Martin Luther King and and she started getting involved in him and mm. you know. So I was like, wow. She was involved, if you really think of it, in like mm -hmm. the most important periods in life, like all through everything that she did, especially in the early 40s and 50s, she was involved in all the period stuff that we always hear about. Mm. And so that's when she became like part of the civil rights movement. And, you know, she used to write for Martin Luther King and, you know, go with him wherever he went. Um, I, I don't know, this woman, I, I couldn't stop getting information about this woman. <laughs> so after that, after Martin Luther King, she um they were she was offered a position in a in a university, which is mm -hmm. obviously very rare back in those yeah. days. And so she was uh she was in charge of like basically Dr. Um Martin Luther King's kind of journey basically okay and she presented that at the mm. university when she had finished that she decided she needed to move to cairo like i told you this woman moves mm. everywhere everywhere yeah <laughs> oh my Slightly gosh everywhere. yes and then after she was there she moved to guyana not guyana ghana Guyan. sorry ghana ghana in, yeah in west africa yeah west africa okay. she moved there in 1962 with her son okay. and so she was she was there for i think a good five or six years and so she was just a freelance writer and just doing mm. little features for the african review and things like that and then uh when she was uh finished like in the late 60s mm -hmm. she returned to the states and then she was again encouraged by james balden to write an autobiography because her life mm. was just out there like she never ever hit anything actually one of the words actually one of the interviews that i am gonna phrase it for her mm -hmm. that she wrote is i wrote about my past experiences because i thought too many people tell young folks i never did anything wrong who moi <laughs> never i <laughs> she's like i have no skeletons in my closet 
I have no closet. A lie like that tells the young people that find themselves in situations, damn, I must be pretty bad compared <laughs> to their, their parents, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like crazy. I'm like, that is so true. I'm like, my mom or dad did nothing wrong and then they can't forgive themselves. Like that was like a, a direct quote from her. And she's like, mm -mm, I have no closet. My life is open. Yep. So like this woman was amazing. Okay, so initially she had actually stopped. She had said, no, I'm not gonna write any um, autobiographies. And that's when she wrote, I know why the cage bird sings. And that was when like, mm. she exploded. She exploded. <laughs> and so the book basically chronicles her childhood and ends with the birth of her son. So okay. her 17 years, because mm. she had him at 17. And um, so it like immediately won like all the successes. Um, mm. And then that's how her career started like really in earnest, even though before it started really mm. in earnest, it started like the world knew who she was. The reason I find her amazing is because she has fallen down so many times and gotten back so many times and that didn't deter her from anything. Mm. And then she was always, you know, honest and, you know, telling people her story and her options were her options and that was it. Mm. You know what I mean? And just, just her voice. I love just her voice. Her voice is just like, well, it was her voice. Her voice was just soothing, you know? Mm. I think that hopefully, at the, especially at the end of her life, I saw that she's, for me at least, I saw that she saw peace. Mm. She was super humble and then blessed, basically. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll arise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Just because I walk as if I have oil wells pumping in my living room. <laughs> Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides, just like hope springing high, still I rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my sassiness upset you? <laughs> Don't take it so hard just because I laugh as if I have gold mines digging in my own backyard. You can shoot me with your words, you can cut me with your lies, you can kill me with your hatefulness, but just like life, I rise. Does my sexiness offend you? Oh. <laughs> Does it come as a surprise that I dance? as if I have diamonds at the meeting of my thighs. <laughs> Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling and bearing in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise. 
bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the hope and the dream of the slave. And so, wow, there I go. Because to come from where you came from to mm -hmm. where you ended, and she wasn't the kind of person that was always, oh, I'm in your face kind of person, you know? She just did what she did, and that was it. If you knew it, you knew it. If you didn't know it, you didn't know it. Exactly. You didn't really care. So that's why I, in my eyes, I thought she was so amazing and noteworthy and just well, part of my background, too. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah, because I think these women are amazing. I mean, for now, it's really hard right now to even find an inspiring women these days. There are some, still some of them, but I think back in the days, those women were really, I mean, they were really good because despite the amount of pressure, racism, and Six, you can even say it because back in the day, women wasn't you know getting credit for what they do because mm -hmm. just the fact that because they're just women. But I mean, still these these women still they went through so much. They had so much pressure. They went through so much, even though they're so intelligent. All their work was, I mean, they were using their job, their work. Everything that they were doing was being used and to help the society, to help human beings. But still, their name wasn't, they wasn't famous. They, they, their job was kind of hidden. I find them so good because to go through that, to know that this is your job, this is what you did, but your name is not mentioned. It's amazing because me, if you do that, I do something, that's my job, I did that, and you take it as your own job or you don't mention my name, I won't, I won't do the job. Next time I won't do it. But what I like about those women is like they were passion. Yes. They have passion for what they were doing. Exactly. They wasn't doing for, they wasn't doing for themselves. They were doing for the people. Even though, yes, the people were so, you know, they wasn't getting credit. I guess they wasn't doing for credit because if they were doing for credit, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. It was in their soul. And that's it was in their soul. They, were, yeah. they wanted to help. They wanted yeah. to do things. So that's why I find these women, I mean, they're amazing. They are amazing because these days, nobody would do anything and not having their name written and not getting the credit. Exactly. These they forget it. Yeah. If somebody do something and you don't give them the credit that they deserve, they will stop. They won't do it anymore. But yet they really, it still didn't stop them. It still didn't bother, even though they were getting discrimination and all that, this is, that still didn't stop them. I find it amazing that they went through so much so much, so much, so much of us. We're not even going through half of what they went through. Yep. And they still continue doing the good job. Yeah. And yeah, like even like what Katrina that I was talking about, she only just got the medal by President Obama in 2015. 
the Medal of Freedom by 2015. She has been doing the job for a long time. Yeah, she never, (laughs) and only recently that NASA has made, have built a space. Okay. That's 10 and put it in her name. So now the building, it's called Katrin Johnson. Yes, I heard about that. So it took, look how long it took for finally getting a recognition. That's a lot of years. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It took so long. Because I remember even on the, uh, on the movie, when she was doing the calculation and she has to show it to her boss first, one of the, the bosses, and then he has to put his signature. Mm-hmm. He signed it as he's the one who did it. Yeah. She couldn't sign it. He has to do it because it yes. will be in. A- <laughs> Is that when she was like always typing her name and he's like just taking yeah, it off? Exactly. <laughs> and then she was and then she finally typed her name and he's like, no. Take, she's like, no, I did it. I'm right. Because I guess she she got fed up. I mean, come on, you have to, it's my job, it's my work. Yep. I did that work. Why do you have to take credit for? <laughs> Why do you have to take the credit for? Especially when she did all those calculations on the board and she had to run to the bathroom. Everybody's like, oh, who did the calculations? Did you do the that? They're like, and thank God the secretary spoke up for her. Otherwise, I don't think she would have been noticed. Yeah, but the that's the thing. Because back in the day, they, I mean, they, a lot of them were, you know, there was a lot of racism, but there were also a couple of them that were good that they don't want to be racism, but because of the whole place, you know, when you have a bad apples everywhere and they don't, you know, they don't want to be left out. So of course they try, they, they were trying to, you know, so be mean to her. But I think, I mean, even in the movie, the woman, she didn't seem, she didn't seem that she hate, she hated Catherine oh. because she's black. It just because the whole place, that's, that is the way it was, it was set up. That's the way it was made. Exactly. You know, black people shouldn't use the same bathroom. Black people shouldn't use the same coffee or a coffee maker. So yeah. So even though she likes her, she still have to go with the uh, with everybody. She didn't want to get discriminated by other the other people, her her workers, her mm-hmm. co-workers. Mm-hmm. So she also reacted a little bit to her a little bit to her code. Yeah. But you know that she wasn't, she wasn't mean. She yeah. was, because she said it. She's yeah. like, Catherine is the one who did it. Yeah, exactly. But so, first of all, that you said it or you don't say, if you say you made it, okay, well, do the, I would exactly. just erase it and say, we do it. <laughs> exactly. So I would say, yeah, you did it. Okay, I erase everything redo it again. <laughs> and see if you can do it. Exactly. So yeah, so she couldn't, she couldn't lie because you know, she, who nobody could have done it except her so yeah so yeah these women really went through so much hard time so much hard time but still they did it with passion they did their job with passion they did not let the racism or, or sexism or discrimination they did not let that stop them So the quote for this episode is, don't be ashamed of your story. It will inspire others. True, which is because it's not that they were ashamed of their story. They wanted to tell their story. But in, you know, like in Katrin's case, it's because, you know, her story was hidden. 
but I mean, it helps so many people today. So many people that know, my God, she's a woman. She went through this and she still did it anyway. So it inspired the other generations to come. Yes. You put your head, your mind to it, you can reach. Even the impossible. And as always, my grandmother used to say, they do what people think that you cannot do. You see, do it what people don't think that you cannot do. Yes. Because then why? First of all, it hurt them <laughs> that you were able to do it. <laughs> And yeah, and at least you prove yourself that you can do anything. Exactly. And you didn't even have to say a word. And you didn't have to say the word. Exactly. Your job will let them know that you can do it. Yes. So yeah, I think, yeah, you shouldn't, no matter how your story is, you shouldn't be ashamed to tell your story because it will one day, even if it's not the moment, but one day it will help many people, many other people. Yes, I, I believe that too. It's just to be patient because I don't think Maya was ashamed of her story. I think she just wasn't ready to tell her story. Mm -hmm. So when she did do, you know, when the cage bird sings, I think she was ready. And then she was at a point where whatever happens after I read the story happens. And mm -hmm. that's it. it's either going to be good for you or it's not going to be good for you. And then it is what it is. But then everybody ended up loving it, you know? Um, mean to the point where in American schools they have it, you know, for mm -hmm. her, obviously we hear about it, but we don't hear about it. But to have a woman again of color be able to come out, especially in that time, that those days, and say, This is what happened to me. I'm vulnerable. I need help. I'm wanting to talk. Mm -hmm. I want to, to communicate with you, even though I don't know you. That's vulnerability. Like, mm -hmm. and if that doesn't inspire people being, especially when you're starting to be at the top, like mm -hmm. what yeah, else will, you know? Exactly. I just love that. I love that. I just love that she wasn't afraid to tell her story. Yes, I know she had to take her time, but she was not ashamed to tell her story. And look, it went on to inspire so many women. Like mm -hmm. even to the point where right now there is the new poet, who did the inauguration for Joe Biden, she inspired this girl. And I was like, I listened to her do her poem. Um, her name is Amanda Gorman. We have a new, obviously not a new Maya, but we have somebody like Maya. Yeah, a new talent. A, a, yes, a new talent, you know? Because if I, that's one of the things I find with these, these older generations are dying off. When, especially when Maya died, I'm like, oh my God, we're losing all of our, we're losing all of mm -hmm. our inspiration. We're losing because it was just like they were dying one after mm. other, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, who is going to step up and step up next to inspire the other generation? Mm -hmm. Because like at this point, they're almost all gone. Of course. You know, so that's what I, I kind of fear is that there's no reasonable intellectual outlet for these kids right now, except for internet. Mm. Oh, exactly, yeah. Thank you for joining us this episode of Free Talk. Anyone can be an inspiration in your life. Who inspires you? Until the next episode, bye.